Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Data Dialogues. I'm Julian Redmond, General Manager at Certus Insight. For today's episode, I switched roles to the other side of the table. Instead of asking the questions, I'll be the one answering them. In a recent IBM Think ANZ event, Kevin Redmond, the Director of Data, AI and Automation at IBM APAC, quizzed me about how we're using data ops to create business-ready analytics functions for our customers. We recorded the audio of the session, and I think the conversation will be valuable to the Data Dialogues audience. So we decided to turn it into this episode. So here's my chat with Kevin. Maybe we can just start with um, maybe just your experiences of, of uh, working with the IBM portfolio and the value it brings to uh, your clients and, and to your business as well. We can just share some insights. Yeah. There. I mean, personally, I've been working with IBM for, well, coming closer to 20 years than I'd like to mention, I guess. Um, and specifically working, working with the Infosphere um, suite of products as they were originally uh, called for more than 12 years now. Um, and my team's focused heavily uh, in that time on delivering information management platforms and data warehouses, but always with a really strong bent on information governance. And uh, that aligned us very early to the IBM technology. Um, with uh, with uh, you know, originally the the business glossary, um, and then uh, as it's evolved to IGC and now to Watson Knowledge Catalog, we've been there for all those iterations, helping customers to deliver information governance um, as part of their information management um, projects. And we've so we've seen it evolve, seen it um, really uh, become uh, uh, you know a, a real enabler for business rather than a, a you know quite a cumbersome project as they used to be and um, so yeah so it's been quite a long journey yeah and and, and I think you know we, we've we've spoken a number of times I think you're seeing uh, a, a massive uptick in business as well as organizations have uh, exactly as was mentioned earlier have recognized the need that rubbish in, gives rubbish out and uh, yeah. if you don't spend the time you're going to have failed projects what, what are you hearing from your clients now and what are you seeing in the marketplace yeah i mean your team's already mentioned you know data ops and and we're very we're very pro data ops i guess as a concept um <laughs> and we're very pro governance for the for the reasons of having trusted data and you know i think if you go back eight or ten years there was a an IBM whiteboard that was all about trusted data, and and I still break that break out that that whiteboard every now and then. Although the the technologies have moved on, the architecture underlying it's pretty similar. And what we're really trying to do, the end goals is you know is deliver trusted data that end users can kind of do managed self service BI on. Um, and so my view of all of that is that things are just getting better. The tools are getting better. That the the approaches are getting better. Um, we use a term non-invasive governance in our consulting practice, and there's a there's a bit of a community around that globally. Um, and uh, the the last speaker, um, uh, Andreas, was just talking about you know the the breadth of the IBM governance tooling, um, and we're we're full believers of that. It allows for non-invasive governance, for governance to be um, automated as much as possible to be delivered project by project to get built up into the organization rather than that kind of monolithic top down, but it still delivers that trusted platform for, uh, for real BI and real analytics. Right. And, and, you know, with the, I mean, 
you've been doing this a while um, and you've been working with IBM and your team with IBM for for a number of years. But what what would you say would be, you know, say some of your learnings or or suggestions for partners that may be new to IBM's data governance catalog and, and the rest of our data ops? Uh, what, what would you be, you know, where would your suggestions be other than obviously to come and work with you on some projects, but <laughs> outside of that, what, what else would be your, uh, uh, your suggestion? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think IBM's made, uh, you know, an amazing platforming cloud pack with lots of tools and lots of capability and lots of things are now starting to get driven by AI, like, you know, data classification and those sorts of things. But I would also say that governance is very process driven and it's really the, the bit that a consultancy can do is help to organize the, uh, the organization into the structure they're going to need, you know, the, the um, governance council and the workshops and, and the processes they'll need to put in place to actually manage their governance. Because while classifying your information and identifying your, you know, your, your highly sensitive data and, and uh, cataloging your business glossary is all really good things, you do need to work on that behavioral side as well. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a part to, to that. And I think the other part that we focus heavily on and, and others definitely do that as well is look for all the opportunities for automation. Uh, and, uh, and we do that constantly about how we can automate the governance side or how we can automate modeling of data or generation of ETL code, uh, all those sorts of things. There's, um, you've made it quite easy in that a lot of the handoff steps between the, the technologies deployed in CloudPack are automated. Um, but also within that, there's there's things we can do to automate processes. Yeah, I think you know. Yesterday we heard um, from SD Engineering as well, and, and they were talking about the three Ps: you know, people, product, and process. And I, I don't. I think yeah. it's very clear that that's critical to the success of of any of the projects uh, that we're looking at here. Uh, CloudPack for Data yeah. really helps that. It reduces the risk, but it is. People and process are so critical. Well, yeah, as you know, we um, we we use the data vault methodology, um, and we train and certify people in that. And training training an organization's people in whatever much methodology it is, um, the approach that they're going to use the tools for, and uh, and how they're going to approach uh, managing their data is a big part of that. And I think you know what what you guys have done is actually make it easier to to not get as worried about um, the the nuts and bolts and the architecture and the technical integration points because those things are actually more and more being taken care of for customers and they can focus on their own people and their own processes and their own training. And and uh, and then obviously if you can build the skill sets and they've already got the right tool sets, then you, you know, you're likely to get better outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that that's you know, part of the overall strategy, uh, which, which we're hearing, you know, throughout this week is around simplification. Uh, how do we simplify not only our portfolio, but the tools themselves? How do we bring mm. AI into our tooling to make everything work better? We heard yesterday around bringing AI into DB2 and how that's you know, improving our our uh, data warehousing and, and our query management side of things, but we're also bringing it into every aspect. I, I, you know, I've done a number of analyst calls recently uh, where people are surprised. Uh, analysts are surprised that we're infusing AI into our own solutions. And I'm 
always surprise mm. their surprise. Um, but I think you guys are starting to see the benefit of that now, right? You're starting to see that 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 coming through as a as a value add to your clients. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we we're always. Uh, it's interesting as a service provider. You you know, obviously, a, a fair chunk of our revenue comes from you know providing resources to our customers who are highly trained and skilled. Um, but we're and we're more and more focusing on how they can help automate an, an organization's. Uh, processes and, and, you know, information management rather than just have billable time, you know, building ETL code or, or something, some other low value um, uh, activity. So we're really looking at how do we bring the approaches that enable them that actually um, help them to build skills or help them to build, you know, and automate processes all the way through. Um, because the ultimate goal, I think, is to have them shift their skilled resources towards the analytics end, you know, the SME sort of end of the spectrum rather than, you know, the data engineering uh, end of the spectrum. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, uh, that is exactly what we are you know, trying to see. We, we've, we've had a number of discussions um, I shared on day one around a shift in um, a shift in jobs that are in demand. And uh, I think many of us saw uh, or will remember the, the comment that uh, that a data scientist is the new sexy. I can't remember who it was that yeah. quoted that, but somebody said data science is the new sexy. Uh, um, now, there was a you know, number of years now, I think we've all been seeing this, this uh, massive demand for data scientists, massive demand for data scientists. But mm. actually what's happened is that the tooling has just become such that we're all data scientists. Um, you know, yeah. Even my good self, I've I've set up some deep fakes of my own. I would hardly call myself a massive uh, genius, but I've done some deep fakes of my own, uh, which the team has found right. most amusing. Um, but I think using the tooling is allowing us to, you know, bring in automation, bringing AI, and now you actually allow the power of the people to to focus on more of the high value stuff rather than, as you say, yeah. the the ETL you know, rewriting or anything else like that that needs to be done. It's, um, I, I'm very much looking forward to, you know, seeing, seeing how your business develops, how you're adding more value to the clients. What, mm -hmm. what, what, are, what are your kind of outlooks? I'm, I'm always interested to know, you know, what your views are, yeah. where this is going and how you're going to progress moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys are always talking about what's, just being released and or what's even what's coming and how it's shifting and our activities with our customers are generally 18 months or two years behind that and we're seeing people now starting to shift so there's still quite a demand i guess from us for data engineers um, and people who can you know write sql code or develop data stage etl and those sorts of things we're seeing customers who invested in you know in the platforms in the past and they're still keeping those systems alive, but they're starting to think about how they're going to move to something. And, and maybe in a year's time, they won't need ETL developers. They'll, they'll be shifting to, you know, a more con data consumption sort of focus. So, so we're in that transition phase. Um, and, uh, and, and we're discussing with our customers all the, you know, the, the, uh, the options, I guess, available and how to leverage the new technologies that are coming. Um, and, you know, and obviously we often have conversations around methodologies for, for modeling and all of those sorts of things as well. And we talk about the implications of governance for their business and, and regulatory compliance and all these things 
are, are all kind of coming as customers modernize. And I think that's where the data ops thing comes in. They're all trying to modernize to be ready for real, you know, data ops supporting DevOps. And so we did a project with a customer, one of the banks, and to prove a point, we did a sprint in a day where we absorbed a number of source system tables into the warehouse and all the way through to draft BI reports in a single day. And that was to prove that speed can actually happen and that they can react really quickly to, uh, you know, a C-level demand for I need this piece of analysis because of maybe a crisis or something like that. Um, and so you wouldn't run a team at that pace usually, but it does prove that that capability is starting to emerge, that, that true agility is starting to emerge. So, so we're caught in the middle of this helping with the old world and keeping all the lights on while preparing for the new world. Yeah, I think that's something yeah, which we're seeing accelerated at the moment. Um, it, you know, you and I haven't met for a while. It's been, I think last time I was down in, uh, down in Australia was in, in February, just before, uh, before I got yeah. slapped with my stay at home notice. Um, but, um, the, uh, have you seen any dramatic shifts in the last, you know, last six months? I mean, obviously Australia has been as impacted, if not more than many other places, um, have you seen a change in uh, in behavior in requests coming from your clients? And what's what's, yeah, your, what's your view with the market? I mean, um, if I probably didn't even say data ops until about February, um, and now it's it's a term in every conversation <laughs> almost. And I think I think um, because we have the other parts of service that you know that do mobile development and software development and and, and other things. Um, they exist in that DevOps world. And, and so we have digital transformation type discussions with, you know, with some of our strategic customers. And, and we're really having conversations around how data is the foundation that all those initiatives are going to be built on. And that's leading back to, well, how can we modernise um, the, the information management platform? And that's, that's where we're getting into. And, and, you know, for us, that becomes a conversation around data vault as the methodology that, that, you know, that we tend to use around the technology options, around the need for governance. Um, as you know, we, we love the cloud pack scenario. We also have a smaller kind of version on a, on a, um, an ESA that we've, we've got with IBM as well. So around solution that, that leverages, um, the IBM technology. We, we have those conversations and really start talking about how can we be ready? How can we help them get ready to be agile? And it's not, it's not, um, well, I'm not having a lot of conversations actually about um, regulatory compliance pushing this, but more about how is it going to support the change in the business? And that's been a bit of a shift because if we went back pre-February, most conversations were probably more around regulatory compliance. And that may be, and maybe a regional thing with Australia, I'm not sure, but um, but just personally, the conversations I'm getting in, it's it's uh, a lot of organisations are saying to us, we are going through or we're about to go through a digital transformation and we need a better foundation for it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good point, actually. The, um, the driver has typically been, uh, you must do this kind of driver. It's been the, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen it in, not just in Australia, but, you know, in uh, lots of areas uh, across AP, but also especially in, in Europe and the US where it's 
data lineage has been very important. It's you've mm. you've turned down this person's bank loan. Why did you turn it down? Uh, and you need to be able to to understand the yeah. entire decision points. And that comes, you know, you, you can't do that if you don't have the foundation right. Um, it's absolutely critical. So, but I, I think you're exactly right. That the, the shift has been from a regulatory push to a client requirement and a business requirement. It's, um, it is, I don't think it's yeah. limited oh, to, think... to, to the market. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think um, organizations are realizing that they're going to need to do that to survive now because things are shifting so quickly. So, um, and one of the things we've done, um, you know, we've built a set of, uh, of automation templates that generate data stage code. Um, so when we go into an organization, on top of all of the automation that Cloudback delivers, we can deliver ETL automation. Um, and, and by doing that, we're populating all of the Watson Knowledge Catalog with every step we're doing through that. Oh, those are the extra little bits of automation that can be, that can be um, built in that help these things you know, roll out. And we can roll out a warehouse in, you know, in weeks rather than months or years. So, um, I think that, that helps. And then on top of that, you've got a reactive and agile um, platform. All right. That was my chat with Kevin Redmond. I hope you found it valuable. As always, reach out if you have any questions for me. And I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.